everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today we're talking about perfectionism. Why? Because since 2015, I've helped 29,417 people with their goals, and it's one of the biggest obstacles I've seen. Now, why that specific 29,417? Because that's the real number. There's been 29,417 people who have taken online challenges with me, taken courses with me, taken coaching with me. Those are real people working on real goals just like you. And perfectionism gets in the way. Perfectionism is a poison that pretends to be a vitamin. And we act like it's a character trait sometimes, but it's, it's not. It's fear dressed up in a tuxedo. And if you deal with it, it's a lot easier to accomplish every goal you care about. This is week number one in our series. And I can't wait for you to hear this one because in this episode, we're going to talk about the first four signs you're a perfectionist. There are actually eight signs in total. This episode will cover four. And then let's do the simple math, eight minus four. Next week, we'll cover the other four. That's what we're going to do. But first, let's jump into a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. Quick question. What if you could guarantee the success of your goals? No, seriously. The book you want to write? Guaranteed. The business you want to start? Guaranteed. The exercise plan you want to stick with? Guaranteed. What if no goal was off limits? It's possible with the Guaranteed Goals Community. The Guaranteed Goals Community is my first ever membership program where you'll find the courage, connection, and most importantly, the community you need to win all your goals. Ever since I started hosting online challenges with tens of thousands of people from around the world, the number one request people sent me was for a private, non-Facebook community where we can all work on our goals together. That's why I created the Guaranteed Goals Community on a user-friendly platform where you won't be overwhelmed with endless dance videos, silly reels, and dog memes. Inside this community, in addition to learning my fail-proof formula for achieving goals, you'll get access to a massive course library, check-ins with my team for accountability, the chance to win awesome prizes, 12 VIP Q&A sessions with me, the ability to team up with other members who are working on similar goals as you, and so much more. A year from now, I want you to be thankful for the way you invested in yourself and your goals today. Join me at acuff.me slash goals. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E backslash goals. I'll see you there. All right, let's jump right into the content. So often people ask me, John, what's the difference between excellence and perfectionism? I think that's a really good question. I mean, how do you know if you're dealing with perfectionism versus just a desire for excellence in the things you do? Like maybe you've struggled with that before. You thought, am I really a perfectionist or am I just high detailed? I like to be specific. I want everything just so. I have high standards. Great question. Here's one of the differences. Excellence launches. Perfectionism lags. Excellence launches. Perfectionism lags. When you're focused on excellence, you hit your deadlines. You, you finish the project. You publish the book. You stick to the diet. Even, even if you missed a day or two, like even if you missed the, you had a meal and you're like, that was definitely not on my diet. You pick it back up. You clean out the basement. You launch the business product. When you're struggling with perfectionism, on the other hand, you miss the deadline. You half write the book. You quit the diet because you didn't weigh your grilled chicken accurately and you don't know the exact calories. That's the difference. That's the first difference. Excellence launches, perfectionism lacks. 
Here's the second difference. Excellence energizes, perfectionism drains. Excellence is challenging. It's difficult. It's exhausting at times, but you still walk away with a feeling of deep satisfaction. You get one of my favorite feelings in the world. You're exhausted, but elated. Exhausted, but elated. Have you ever felt that way? Like you're just bone tired, but you're still happy? I love that feeling. Excellence fills you up. Perfectionism is just the opposite. It drains you. It leaves you feeling empty. It removes energy. I remember the first time I felt exhausted, but elated. Like the first time I really recognized it, I was probably 23, maybe 24. And my friend Stu, my roommate Stu Rhodes, who now lives in Colorado Springs, it's always fun when I go out and see him out in Colorado Springs. He was amazing at at Ultimate Frisbee, and he said I could join his team in Birmingham. We played in the Buddha League, Birmingham Ultimate Disc Association. And the first game, I thought, I kind of had this attitude that I could just be good at it. Like, I was like, eh, it's Frisbee, how hard can it be? It's kind of my attitude right now with pickleball. I, I really feel like I could be amazing at pickleball pretty quickly. I know, like, deep down, I would get crushed by people who are really into pickleball. But there's a part of me that's like, I could do pickleball. Anyway, I was like, I can do ultimate Frisbee. I went out. It was a muddy, kind of cold, rainy day in Birmingham in the winter. I ran so much and so far during this game of what I thought would be playful Frisbee that I threw up. Like, I threw up during the game. And then I still remember driving home. I was exhausted. But I had this sense of, wow, that was worth it. Like that, I, that felt like I could do that. That felt fun and enjoyable, even though it was hard, even though it was challenging. I felt exhausted, but elated. That's the difference, one of them, between excellence and perfectionism. Excellence energizes, perfectionism drains. Third difference, excellence encourages others, perfectionism discourages others. Have you ever worked with someone who was committed to excellence? How about someone who is mired in perfectionism? Completely different experience, right? I mean, my own team can attest to that. If I'm struggling with perfectionism, oh man, I end up sending the team emails on the weekends about whether we should use an M dash or an N dash in a project we're doing. I've got like a microscope on things. I'm like, I don't know if I like that comma placement that I just don't know. It drives them crazy. It's so discouraging. Now, when I'm focused on excellence though, I keep my eyes on what really matters. I give everything I've got, and I don't nitpick everything like crazy. Perfectionists tend to be micromanagers, which is not excellent. Those are three simple differences between excellence and perfectionism. But why do we even talk about perfectionism? Why do we want to win the race against perfectionism? Does it really impact us that much? It does. I've been studying perfectionism for years. I even wrote a Wall Street Journal number one best-selling book about it called Finish. I'm a goal nerd, which means I tend to take deep dives into the rascals that get into the way of you accomplishing your goals. Now, what I've learned is that one of the first steps to dealing with perfectionism is learning how to identify it. That's your first idea I'm going to share today. Like the first big idea in this series that we're doing on perfectionism is going to teach you the eight ways to spot perfectionism in your own life. Okay, here are the first four signs that perfectionism is getting in your way. Remember, there's eight total. We're going to cover the first four today. Now, if you're able to, like you're not on a treadmill or in a car, like write down the numbers. Like if you hear one that you're like, ooh, that's me, just write a one or a two or a three or a four to to make sure you actually can learn from this episode. 
So I'm going to share the first four in this episode. Next week, the next four. Okay, here we go with the first four signs that perfectionism is getting in your way. Sign number one that you're dealing with perfectionism is perfectionism sets unreasonable expectations. You know that soundtrack, which is my phrase for repetitive thought, like you know that soundtrack that tells you that you should be able to lose 10 pounds the first week of your diet? You know that soundtrack that tells you that you should be making easier progress on the book you're writing? You know that soundtrack that tells you it shouldn't be this complicated to declutter one closet? I mean, everybody else can do it in like 10 minutes. That is perfectionism. Perfectionism always sets wildly unreasonable expectations for any goal you try to accomplish. When I wrote my book, Soundtracks, perfectionism told me that I should be able to finish the entire book every time I wrote. Like every time I sat down, this broken soundtrack would go, man, wow, what a failure today. You didn't write the whole book. You didn't finish the entire book in a single sitting. That's okay. I mean, other writers probably would have just knocked this thing out this weekend, but okay, you're taking your time. Talk about unreasonable. Perfectionism will also tell you that if you ran three days in a row, you should expect to run every day for the rest of your life now. From this moment until you're dead, you have to stay at that exact speed and streak. In addition to setting unreasonable expectations, perfectionism will have you chase the wrong goals. For instance, last year, I read 19,478 pages. I know this not because I'm a sociopath and I counted them all by hand, like one by one by one by one by one, but because I use Goodreads. They create a my year in book summary at the end of the year. I hadn't thought about the total number of pages all year, but then when it popped up in my app mid-December, they were like, hey, here's how many pages. I got obsessed. I was at 18,204 pages when I first saw that stat and I immediately thought, what if I could read 20,000 pages total? 20,000 pages. That would be perfect. Perfectionism loves round, nice, sexy numbers when it comes to goals. And 20,000 pages is definitely one. 20,000 pages is way cooler than 18,204, whatever my number was. So I turned up the speed on my reading in the last two weeks of the year. I increased the playback rate of my audiobooks. I started devoting more hours to the books I was reading. I put aside long books until January because I didn't think I'd finish them and they wouldn't count to my total. My entire approach to reading changed as I chased a number that ultimately didn't matter. Who cares if I read 20,000 pages or 19,478? My real goal was to enjoy reading and learn new ideas about myself and the world. My real goal had nothing to do with the page total. The page total was perfectionism's goal, not mine. The same thing happened like when I started to do idea collection. I'm a writer, and as a writer, I put a premium on the ideas I collect during the day. When I read something interesting, I write it down. When a friend uses a word I haven't heard before, I write it down. When a song lyric catches me off guard, I write it down. I keep a running numeric list of ideas in my notebook, and then I use them for books, speeches, podcasts, etc. But one day I looked up and I realized I was more focused on the number of ideas that I, that I was collecting versus the ideas themselves. I was collecting, 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 but then just putting completely full notebooks on a bookshelf and then never opening them again. I cared more about the total number of ideas, but not whether they ever made it to a book, a speech, or a podcast. I was an idea hoarder. I was chasing a number that ultimately didn't matter and in doing so lost sight of my real goal. I think I got stuck with that idea of saying to somebody, I had a thousand ideas this year, had twelve hundred like as if anybody ever asked me that. Nobody cares. Nobody asked me that. But I had this story in my head about perfectionism going, man, two thousand ideas would be great. Three thousand ideas would be great. I think that happens to a lot of people. 
You go on a diet because you want to feel better or healthier, but then you get stuck on a number. The scale starts dominating your day. Reaching a size of clothes becomes your everything. Taking the right number of steps every day becomes your obsession. Have you ever walked a 12-foot path 500 times in your hotel room because you didn't hit your step total that day and you were traveling and now it's almost midnight and you still have 3,000 steps to go? Have you ever done that? No? Okay, cool. Yeah, me, me either then. Who would do that? I definitely haven't done that. I love numbers. I think every goal needs a measurable metric to make it real. Just make sure it's the right one. Make sure in the middle of chasing a goal, you haven't veered off course to accomplish something that ultimately doesn't matter just because perfectionism got mouthy. That I read 20,000 pages instead of 19,478 pages doesn't really matter. That I enjoy reading and learning does. That I collect 1,600 ideas instead of 1,545 doesn't really matter. That I invest hours in creativity that I share with the world does matter. That you get 10,000 steps instead of 9,203 steps doesn't really matter. That you consistently move and enjoy the process does. Don't let perfectionism dictate your results. The second thing perfectionism does is perfectionism creates impossible timeframes. If perfectionism can't trip you up with the results, it will trip you up with the speed. Sure, I mean, you're making progress, but you could be making progress faster. It could always be faster. That's what's interesting about perfectionism. It changes tactics on you. Before you start a goal, perfectionism says, don't try unless it can be perfect. Don't even try. Like, don't bother to try unless you can do it perfectly. But then if you dare to try and you beat perfectionism, it changes what it says. Now it'll say, it could be, could be bigger and better. It, it could be. That goes back to our first point, unreasonable expectations. If you beat perfectionism on the size of your expectations, it changes tactics once again and says it could be faster. This happens for individuals, but it also happens for companies. I'm always surprised when someone tells me that their team is having a hard time adopting a new software system. They'll say, yeah, our sales team, they're just not using the system. We want them to use the system. We're so frustrated. And I'll ask, how long have they been using the new system? And they'll say, three months. We changed over three months ago. And they'll say, how long did they use the last one? And they'll say, three years. What? That's not a fair fight. Three months versus three years? No wonder they're having a hard time. They did the other system for three years. You've only given them a three-month window. It's going to take more time. The same happens in fitness goals. People tell me that a diet or exercise program doesn't work for them. And I'll ask them, how long have you been doing it? And they'll say, 10 days. And then I'll say, well, how long did it take you to gain the weight? And they'll say, 10 years. You gave yourself 10 years to put on the weight and only 10 days to take it off? That's so unkind. A soundtrack I use for situations like that is never give the problem a year and the solution a week. Never give the problem a year and the solution only a week. Give it time. If you feel an unexpected need to speed up the progress of a goal you're working on, check to make sure that perfectionism hasn't put its foot on the gas pedal. The third thing perfectionism does is perfectionism amplifies comparison. Perfectionism amplifies comparison. If perfectionism can't spin you out by looking at your own results or lack thereof, it will get you to obsess about the results of other people. You know that part of you that's, that's tempted to compare yourself to other people, especially online? That's perfectionism. Years ago, I wrote a soundtrack that helped me with this. Here's what I wrote. Never compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Never compare your beginning to someone else's middle. When I started this podcast, all it takes is a goal. I didn't need to compare myself to Tim Ferriss. He has one of the biggest podcasts in the world. He has more than 500 episodes and 13,000 reviews. He's made millions from his podcast and he's been doing it for years. Why would I compare myself to him? 
That's like comparing my layup to Michael Jordan and then feeling inadequate. What's interesting is that there's an even sneaker form of comparison that we never talk about. I'm talking about comparing the me I am now to the me I used to be. I meet people all the time who will say, oh, when I was in my 20s, this was so much easier. I was in the best shape of my life. My metabolism was lightning fast and I could, I could get in shape just by thinking about working out. Or they'll say, things used to be so much easier when I was younger. They imagine this perfect version of themselves that they no longer are and they get discouraged. I bet if we could really go back in time, we'd realize things weren't that easy back then. You weren't as amazing as you remember. And you're, you're just getting distracted by perfectionism. If you find yourself tempted to compare yourself to someone else, make sure perfectionism isn't calling the shots. The fourth thing that perfectionism does is perfectionism ruins your ability to celebrate. Perfectionism discourages you from ever celebrating because no victory is ever big enough. You always could have done more. You, you, you could have done more. Here's what that looks like in my own life. Let's say I have 10 things to get done on a Monday. I hustle hard. I accomplish all of them. And I actually end up getting 12 things done. I planned for 10, but I got 12 things done. Perfectionism slides right in. And instead of saying, hey, congrats. Good for you. You exceeded your goal of 10. Fantastic. It says, I mean, it's cool that you got 12 done, but it, it would have been cooler if you got 15 done. I mean, if 12 was possible, 15 probably was too. And do you know what would have happened though if I got 15 things done? Perfectionism would have said 18 would have been even better. Perfectionism always moves the goalposts. It never allows you to celebrate at the finish line because it keeps moving the finish line. I'm terrible at celebrating victories. I am. I usually jump right on to the next thing without even pausing for a second to admit something good happened, which is a real shame because then you don't get to enjoy the reward of all that hard work. How are you at celebrating? Are you able to celebrate? Are you able to pause for a second and say, I did the thing. I did enough of the thing. There's a business coach that I worked with before named James Victory. I quoted him in my book, um, Soundtracks, because one thing he taught me to say is everything's always working out for me. And he asked me, am I good at celebrating? And the answer was no. And he was like, I think you need to go put your hand on every book you've written and say, thank you. Like, thank you for this experience. Thank you that I got to do this. Like, you need to pause to celebrate. And especially if you're a leader, if you're leading a team right now and you're not putting an emphasis on celebrating, you're going to burn out that team. You're going to wear out that team. Because you're acting like a workaholic, you're stuck with perfectionism, and they want to celebrate. They want to know it worked. It's really important for a team to celebrate. So those are the first four signs you're a perfectionist. Let's do a review because reviews are fun. So sign number one, perfectionism sets unreasonable expectations. Is that you? Does that make sense? Sign number two, perfectionism creates impossible timeframes. The time frame is always faster, 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 faster. Sign number three, perfectionism amplifies comparison. You'll really be tempted to compare yourself if you're not careful because perfectionism will find the best in your field and say, you should be like that right away. You should immediately be as excellent as that person and you'll compare yourself. Remember the soundtrack there is never compare your beginning to someone else's middle. If this is your first book you're writing, you shouldn't go compare yourself to Stephen King. If this is your first book you're writing, you shouldn't go compare yourself to John Maxwell or Brene Brown or, or anybody. 
I, I always joke, like there's a lot of people in this space, like the self-help space that compare themselves to Gary V because he's really successful. And he has, I think, 800 employees. So do you know how crazy it is to compare yourself to Gary V? Because you like, let's say you have 10 employees, that'd be amazing. But you might have one employee and it's named you. That would be like driving by a building on the side of the road, like a like a six story building with 800 people in it and going, that's who I'm competing with. It's me against that building. You'd never do that. But the internet kind of warps our understanding of comparison. And so does perfectionism. So the third sign you're you're stuck in perfectionism, it amplifies comparison. And sign number four, perfectionism ruins your ability to celebrate. You can't celebrate when you're stuck with perfectionism. Perfectionism will not allow celebration because it wants you to go faster, do more. The size of it wasn't right. That's what perfectionism does. Now, in our next episode, we're going to cover the four other signs. There's a total that you're stuck with perfectionism. But thank you so much for listening to today. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. Here's one from Gabe and Allie that I love. Gabe and Allie said, great podcast. I listen to this podcast weekly and repeatedly. John shares his life and work advice that I actually can and do implement in my life and with my small home-based business. My husband runs a business as well, much, much bigger than mine. And we listen to this podcast and love discussing the ideas John and his guests cover. John's entertaining to listen to. Thank you for saying that. Is a great storyteller and asks thought-provoking questions. I've really enjoyed the guests he brings on and often check out their books, book suggestions and podcasts. Thanks for putting out a great podcast, John. Thank you for saying that, Gabe and Allie. That's really encouraging. So please keep those reviews coming and please make sure you subscribe or follow so that you don't ever miss another episode. I'll see you next Monday. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast. podcast.